Okay, we're on the cusp of a major change in the way that uh, health care insurance is administered in the, in the United States. We've talked about it for the last several years, but it's right around the corner. And so I decided to take advantage of uh, Director Joanne Grossi being in town to sit down and have a conversation with her about not the politics of health care, but what is the impact of the health care financial side and paying for it for you and me and, and others that may not have insurance today. So we had an interesting conversation I want to share with you. So let me introduce Director Joanne Grossi to you. Joanne Grossi, or is it Director Grossi? Either way is fine. I'm officially Director Grossi, but happy to go by Joanne or Ms. Grossi. So for this conversation, let's, let's do Joanne. That'd be say. great. What exactly is the director's position for Region 3 with HHS? Um, I think it's really, to put it most succinctly, is akin to being an ambassador to these six states I oversee for Secretary Sebelius. So it's really my job to have a relationship with the governor's office, congressional delegation, secretaries of the Department of Health and Human Services, insurance commissioners. And yet we certainly have our own mini HHS in the regional office with all the, you know, 18 different agencies of HHS, you know, in my staff. I have 450 staff in the regional office. But, you know, the best way to really think of it is and my job is to keep Secretary Sebelius surprised of what's going on in these six states. Okay. Now, how does it tie, you mentioned the state, how does it tie into the state human services, or is there a tie in there at all? Sure, there's lots of relationships with the, the state uh, Department of Health and Human Services. Probably most people don't realize that usually state health and human services departments get about half of their funding from us through the Department of Health and Human Services. So things like your Medicaid programs and, you know, anything about TANF and child enforcement and uh, Medicare. These are all, you know, federal funding. Most people don't realize it, but any state agency running or their Department of Health and Human Services probably gets half their funding from us. Okay. You, you said something that was really key, and I think it'll be key to the theme of our conversation. A lot of people don't understand. Um, over two presidential campaigns, we heard a lot about health care. Right. And from those campaigns and in, in the first administration, health care was modified. Mm -hmm. Some would say a huge revolution. Mm -hmm. Let's talk Turkey. Sure. What exactly is happening now when it comes to health care? And I guess where should we wind it back? We went from a political agenda and, and conversation to now we have a public policy. Right. How would you summarize it to the person who just kind of woke up this morning and said things are different? I think the way I'd summarize it is to say that we really made a, a really seismic shift to the health care in this country because from now on, starting January 1st of 2014, anybody without health insurance is going to be able to get it. You know, right now in this country, there's 48.6 million uninsured Americans. Come January 1st of 2014, all of them will be allowed to get health insurance. And secondly, which I think is just as important, anybody who currently has a pre-existing condition, and those are things like having diabetes or hypertension or cancer or arthritis or asthma, you know, everyone, those people won't be denied health insurance any longer. That's really a fundamental shift in our system. And not only that, you can't get charged more under your insurance premiums any longer for having a pre-existing condition. So a lot of people in this country who don't have insurance don't have it because they've been priced out of the system because they've had a pre-existing condition or because their employer hasn't offered it to them. Well, that changes come January 1st, and I think that's really a seismic change in our country. Okay, so what we're talking about then is the insurance side of health care and paying for the health care service, right? Therefore, it's affordable. It's affordable. That's why it's called the Affordable Care Act. We're trying to make health care available and affordable to every American. Okay. For the person like myself, I grew up in, uh, as a military brat. 
Um, I went to the dispensary and everything was handled through that and then I got on my own and I had a health insurance policy. And I really haven't worried about it. If, I, if I'm sick, I go to the doctor. The doctor says do this, I go do it. And I have a copay and whatever I pay for. So is it going to impact me at all? So that's a really important point. So if you already get your health insurance through your employer or through Medicare or through Medicaid or through CHIP or through TRICARE, which is the VA, system. Your insurance doesn't change. Nothing's changing for you. It's changing for the 48 million uninsured Americans and those who buy their own private insurance. But if you already have health insurance through your employer or other systems, nothing changes for you. So if you're heading into the infamous open enrollment in the fall and you, you're part of an employee base, probably just rely on the people that are in your benefits office. Right. It's still going to be the open enrollment period for whatever is true at your company, for their plans. But in terms of the Affordable Care Act and the open enrollment for it to get into the health insurance marketplace, it's not going to mean anything to you. Okay. Because to be honest with you, that's when I take the books home to my wife and say, you tell right, me you what to do. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the average? I mean, really, we kind of lay back and let it happen, right? Well, I, I hope not. I mean, I hope most of us are really looking <laughs> through our plans and figuring out what works for us, but that's what's, you know. Again, if you already get it now through your employer, that's not going to change for you. It's just going to be for those, again, those 48 million who are uninsured or for the people who do buy their own private health insurance. Okay, so let's, go, let's talk about the 48 million then. Uh, who many of them live in Norfolk? Who, who are these 48 million? So the 48 million are really, you know, lots of working poor, to be perfectly honest with you. So there's people who work at very small businesses. You know, those small businesses don't offer them health insurance, or they're working poor. They're people like, um, or, or working class, people who are waitresses or hairstylists or people working at McDonald's or other places. Um, you know, people who, you know, have jobs, but uh, their employer doesn't give them any health insurance. A lot of, and, and for them, you know, it's been too expensive to buy their own health insurance. So. You know, there really are a lot of people who are going to benefit. Mm -hmm. Here for, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, you have almost 900,000 people without health insurance. So we estimate, you know, in a perfect world, you know, we will have about 900,000 more people with health insurance in the Commonwealth who don't have it today. That's super. Now, how do they plug in? So they plug in a couple of ways. First, you know, starting October 1st of this year will become the open enrollment for the health insurance marketplace. Okay. So again, if you don't have insurance, you can start October 1st enrolling through the health insurance marketplace. Now we at HHS are going to run the marketplace for you here in the Commonwealth uh, because the governor made the decision not to run the marketplace. So we're actually running the health insurance program for you here in Virginia. But come October 1st, you'll enter the marketplace and it becomes very complicated in a way, um, although we're going to have people to help you uh, apply, but there's going to be different levels of plans you can choose from. So if you want to have a low premium, but that'll be high deductibles and high copays. You can pick that, or uh, you know, low, you know, high premium, but low deductibles, low copays. You get to make choices. So there's four different metal plans: a bronze plan, a silver plan, a gold plan, or a platinum plan. So you'll actually be able to do real choices there for what works for your life. If you're healthy, you might want you know um, a lower premium and high co-shares and high deductibles. If you've had a pre-existing condition, you'll probably want to pay more for your premiums, but then everything's getting covered for you. So it's going to be choices based on what works for your life and your income level. Well, I mean, you actually just described what I go through in my own open enrollment. So it really is exactly. a replacement of an insurance. Sure. It really is. And in fact, many of the insurance companies that exist today providing insurance through your employers are going to be the same companies providing insurance through the health insurance marketplace. I mean, in some ways, we actually think that's why premiums are going to come down because now companies 
that um, haven't been able to buy for your business now, there's going to be competition now in the, in the health insurance marketplace that there heretofore hasn't been. So, um, and the other thing that's really important to know, if you do buy your insurance through the marketplace and you make up to 400% of the federal poverty level, which is about $93,000 a year for a family of four, $43,000 a year for an individual, so real middle class income. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to give you the federal, we the federal government are going to give you financial assistance to pay for those premiums. So that's the other way we think we're really making this affordable for people is that we're actually going to give you financial assistance to pay for the premiums if you purchase it through the health insurance marketplace. Okay, what is the health, what is the health insurance marketplace? Is it a building or an office somewhere or is it a website? Right, well, it's it's virtual, right? It's okay. a, it's a website. So there's going to be four different ways you can apply for your insurance. You can do it online, by phone, by mail, or in person. But you're right, the best way is going to be to go online. Think of it as like Expedia for health insurance. But you're actually okay. going to enter a portal, put in some information about yourself, and then actually all different kinds of health insurance pop up that you can do real comparative shopping on. And again, the way I described it, the way that works for your life. If you want to have, you know, a lower premium but higher co-shares and deductibles, or if you want to have a higher premium and lower co-shares and deductibles, you get to pick. It's a real apples-to-apples -apples comparison. And even within those metal plans, you get to pick from different plans. So it really does work a lot of the same ways you're working now, except actually the difference is you're going to have choices for more um, health insurance plans that you probably do right now. Well, let's take it personal. We all know now that my wife is going to tell me what kind of insurance to get come this October. <laughs> I have one, another daughter who's married to a federal employee, so they're set. Right. They don't have to worry about a thing. I have another daughter who's self-employed in the arts, mm -hmm. and right now she's been doing uh, self-insurance, kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. Is she going to be eligible to do something like this then? Right. She's perfect, the perfect person we're talking uh -huh. about. So, by the way, I do want to remind you, though, if your daughter's up to the age of 26, she can still stay on your plan. So young adults up to the age of 26 can still remain on their parents' plans. I just want to remind you of that. Well, that the, viewer, the viewers that watch the show know that mine are older than okay. that. But yes, okay, so up so to 26, they're on your They're, they're on allowed your to stay on your plan, which was, you know, a, a, a result of the Affordable Care Act passing. So that's really important. We've had 3.1 million young adults get health insurance now who didn't have it before. So that's been a really important result of the Affordable Care that Act. That is important because that really is a transitional period mm -hmm. because they're not really established in a job where they might get benefits right. and yeah so it is good, a good safety net then. It's been a great safety net and like I said 3.1 million young adults now have health insurance who didn't so obviously there's millions of families out there and parents who appreciated that provision and are taking advantage of it. But to get back to your original yeah. point your daughter is the perfect example of someone who's self-employed probably didn't buy insurance right now because it was too unaffordable for her, too expensive for her, but now she can go into the marketplace starting October 1st and buy the plan that works best for her life and her income level. So even though she might have something that's very expensive and she's t made the decision to pay for it, she couldn't pull out of that and get into this? or Yes, absolutely. Okay. So there really During the open enrollment period, and again, the open enrollment period starts October 1st of 2013 and goes through March 31st of next year. Okay, and we will uh, we'll air the, the websites in that, but really getting information. So that website, you don't have to wait till October to go to it, do you? Well, there's a website right now, healthcare.gov, okay. so www.healthcare.gov, all one word, healthcare.gov. You can go now and get some preliminary information about what's happening information about the Affordable Care Act and then you can even um, get alerts so if you sign up you can get email alerts text messages tweet it um, to find out more as we get closer to the open enrollment time and including being alerted when it's time to actually start enrolling into plans. So it really is easy to get plugged in? 
We think so. Um, of course, you know, the, the key is information and getting the message out there to people that come October 1st, you can start enrolling in affordable, quality, comprehensive health insurance. So on the insurance side, just go to your iPhone. Son uh, of absolutely. a gun. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, let's, you mentioned earlier, though, about uh, health care cost and, and delivery of service because that that's, has been an issue through the whole conversation about... Uh, Again, going to the doctor, the doctor, my primary care physician says you need to go see a dermatologist. I go and make an appointment. They ask me about my insurance. I tell them what it is. I have my appointment. Will the person who's going through this plan be able to get the same kind of health care? Yeah, that's why I said a, a minute ago that it's really quality, comprehensive mm -hmm. health care. And, and again, this is important, and I'd, I'd actually encourage people to go to healthcare.gov to find this out. But under the, um, you know, under the health insurance marketplace, any plan that's participating in the marketplace must offer what we're calling essential health benefits. And it's 10 different categories of services. So it's things like preventive services and maternity care and emergency services and pharmaceutical uh, services. So I encourage people to go, you know, look at that list. But any, um, you know, any plan participating in the health insurance marketplace, and therefore anybody buying insurance through the health insurance marketplace gets comprehensive quality health care. All these categories of services must be covered. Okay, but is a doctor able to say, I'm not going to take that insur insurance, or I mean, can they choose out to not not participate in that kind of well plan. I mean doctors can always choose that's not right. to take a patient that's true of any time but we certainly think we have no expectation that doctors right. are going to be turning away people with the insurance through the health insurance marketplace so really there's nothing to worry about except plugging in and finding out what's going on I mean, we really believe this we really mm -hmm. believe that you're uninsured in this country or if you've been purchasing your own insurance that this is or frankly if you've had a pre-existing condition and I really want to remind you about 47 mm -hmm. percent of Americans have a pre-existing condition so you know we really believe for a lot of people truly truly you know millions and millions that this is really good news um, Medicaid and and the, the senior medical how does it change for that does it change in delivery of service or delivery of of insurance? So Medicaid becomes important, but you know, I have to backtrack a minute and remind you that okay. the Supreme Court decision last year said making Medicaid expansion mandatory was unconstitutional, making it optional for states was constitutional. So each state now gets to decide if they're going to do Medicaid expansion. So under the Affordable Care Act, Medicaid expansion means up to 133% of the federal poverty level, which is only about $14,000 a year for an individual, about $30,000 a year for a family of four. So it was a way we were really trying to expand the safety net for the lowest income and, and working poor, really, in this country. Now, um, you know, Governor McDonald is, is still not final on his decision about Medicaid expansion. Um, but if you do do Medicaid expansion in the Commonwealth, all those people will actually get their health insurance. Again, through the marketplace, we actually say you don't enter any wrong door. If you go through the portal, the system will actually tell you you qualify for Medicaid, you qualify for the health insurance marketplace, you qualify for CHIP, uh, you qualify for Medicare. The door actually it actually leads you to the right path. So we keep saying there's no wrong door. You'll actually be told where to go and, and what plans you qualify for once you enter the door and enter some information. Well, I remember uh, several years ago when Medi Medicare changed. Right. And there was the plan B and there was the option right. G and there was all plan these choices and people B. who were of the age were saying, oh my gosh. And it didn't seem like there was a place to go for information. But now it does seem like that, that option's been filled. Yeah, that option's going to be filled. And, and on top of that, again, we think that's really important that there's no wrong door. You're just going to enter the same door for all these different systems. But secondly, you know, we understand it's still a complicated process, so we're actually giving funding 
um, especially to states where we are running the system for you. We're calling those navigators. So we're giving out grants and funding to organizations so that they can be trained, so they can actually help people apply for the health insurance. Well, you just anticipated my next question. And for that person that wants to have somebody to talk to about this, then there will be somebody here that might be able to talk with them. Absolutely. Again, we're giving out funding. The application process already opened up for people who want to apply to become navigators and as the name suggests, to help you navigate the system. Um, so we're, uh, you know, uh, again, this, the application period already started for funding for navigators. That funding will be awarded this summer and navigators will get trained so that come the fall they can be helping people apply for the health insurance. So we, will you be putting these navigators like in Norfolk and that and in certain They areas? have to cover the state. There okay. has to be people all across the state helping people apply for this and apply for the insurance, right? Great. So I, I'm going to ask the infamous closing question. What have I forgotten that needs to be talked about? It really sounds like it's going to be so much simpler just to plug in and find out what's going on than yeah, it appeared to be. I think so. And I really, the other thing to know about is that come June, we're actually launching a 1-800 number. There's going to be a call center established. It actually starts in June, even though enrollment doesn't start until October. But this is going to be a call center operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week including holidays. You could call 5 o'clock on Christmas and somebody will answer the phone. Um, and so this is also going to be a way people get, you know, some questions answered ahead of time and assistance when they're actually ready to apply. So I think it's also important to know we're really trying to think of all the different ways we can inform the citizens and to get them ready for when the switch turns on on October 1st. Well, I think it's ironic that you said Christmas because I'm, I'm fairly confident as I started off there's been a heavy discussion, very public discourse about this topic for what? The last Three Six, years. <laughs> yeah, at least. But I am fairly confident somebody's going to wake up Christmas morning and say, wait a minute, isn't something changing on January 1st? Mm -hmm. You're ready for that? They're ready. They can call the call center on Christmas Day if they want. <laughs> I'm going to come back full circle. We, I asked at the very beginning uh, what I should call you, and clearly you're taking this very personally. Uh, so I'm glad you let me call you Joanne, but you're enjoying getting information out, it seems. Well, I, I think it's so important. I, I am a public servant. I work for the citizens of the Commonwealth. I take that so seriously. And to me, to realize that there are almost 900,000 citizens of Virginia who don't have health insurance. I mean, that you and I take that for granted every mm -hmm. day, right? But, you know, that really is the foundation of everything, isn't it? Um, and so it's so critical to have health insurance. It's literally life and death, isn't it? And so to know that there's 900,000 people in the state who can get health insurance, you know, starting January 1st and who can sign up October 1st, I can't think of anything more important. So it's so, such a passion of mine to make sure the word gets out to everyone. So I guess, you know, it's a matter of really, you know, plugging in and knowing what options and what door to go through. Yeah, I really encourage people to go to healthcare.gov, and I understand that not everyone has a computer and not everybody can get online, but, you know, please find a way to do that if that means, you know, going to your library, which we've been working with a lot, um, you know, to have somebody help you get online and learn about it. It's really worthwhile to learn all about it and to get alerted any way you can of what's coming up. Joanne, I want to thank you because you made something that I thought was going to be really, really complicated seem much easier than I ever thought it would be. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. And thanks for joining us right here on Norfolk Perspectives on Location.